podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 1871 podcast and a slight change to our schedule for this episode as we're joined by a special guest, former Reading midfielder, Jem Karachan. Uh, so we'll be continuing our Reading FC Top 100 series next week. And on our next episode, our special guest is Adam Lafondra. And that episode is available from 10am on Monday. So without further ado, Jem Karachan, welcome to the 1871 podcast. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. All good. Uh, how are you guys? Well, a bit sad yeah, off this good. week. Very, very <laughs> Not quite as uh, as down as we were straight after the game the other night, but um, yeah, it's kind of already looking ahead, I think, to the summer and next season. So um, let, let's start there, if that's okay, Jem. I mean, yeah. the, your reaction to Reading's relegation to League One, what do you think ultimately went wrong for, for Reading? I think, like first of all, yeah, it, it was it was horrible the other night. Um, obviously, I went to the game with uh, with Tim doing the game, um, and I don't know. I, I always had this hope, or just this, I think, genuine feeling that we'd be alright. I think because the last few years we always have been. So, like, I don't know where I've I've just been caught up in a full sense of security with with it all, and I just didn't. I it was weird. I just didn't think it would happen. Like even though how the season had been, I've watched a lot of the games. I've watched a lot of the teams around around Reading this season, and I was just shocked. I think I just sat there, and Tim was like, "Are you right?" And I was like, "I just, I just couldn't believe it." Um, but yeah, just just a sense of shock. It was it was quite emotional seeing it happen, and um, probably the realization of, of of Reading getting relegated. But I think when I was driving home, I just was obviously was thinking about it a lot, and I just thought, you know, now is the time for the club to regroup, get together um, and just try and be positive. Um, you know, the the last stuff, but with Noel coming in, there's genuinely been a sense of, you know, positivity and optimism around the place. And I just think if we can continue with that, you know, there's no reason why we can't hit the ground running next season and, and have, a, have one of the Brennan's best seasons in the last few years. Yeah, because the, the three sides that, that went down from the championship last season have all, you know, had good seasons this season. Two of them are going to be in the playoffs. Um, what do you think Reading need to do, Jem, in, in the summer? And, you know, what uh, what do they need to do to prepare for next season, do you think? Um, well, I think it gives the club a chance to clear the decks to, to a certain extent. Um, you know, there's there's been players that have been there for a little while. Uh Maybe it's time for them to move on. Um, and I'm sure they'll probably feel that themselves. I was in that position at, at Reading a long time ago where I think when Steve Clark came in, there was myself, Feds, Piercy, uh, like a couple of others. I'm thinking about it now, but it was kind of a time where we we all kind of left the club and, and obviously it, it changed. So it's probably that time at the moment. Um, but recruitment, I think recruitment is going to be the most main part of of the start of it for next season um you know in in Brian Carey you know you've got someone in the club who who's been there and done it and you know he's a, he's a really good guy who's got genuine care for the club and and when he when I spoke to him he's coming from day one and, and knows it's a top club and it, it should be doing a lot better than what it is so you know recruitment's going to be 
who's bringing in the right players. But I think when I look back at it, Reading were always bringing in the right characters. And I think that's that's where maybe the last few years you've gone away from a little bit, making sure that you bring people in that are there for the right reasons um, and there to, to kick the club on and, and be a part of that journey. Um, I see it a lot the last few years when, when clubs in League One um, have recruited wrong and they're starting to learn from those mistakes and, and making sure that you recruit players that have got genuine hunger to to be a part of the club and, and, and push on from it. So I think that's that's the main part. But just just everyone's got to stick together. You know, it's, it's a tough time for the club, tough time for the town. Um, just got to stick together and, and, and just know that these tough times are when, when you find out who's really with you. So it will be, it'll be a really tough time for the club coming. But, you know, hopefully you can look back at it in a couple of years and it can be a South, um, Southampton story rather than, you know, one of the other teams that we've seen kind of fall through the leagues. Yeah, and uh, before I hand over to to Johnny, just want to ask you one one more question. Um, Noel Hunt, do you think he deserves a, a chance to to lead the team forward, or, or do you think we need to be looking externally? And if so, what type of manager do Reading need next to take the club forward? Um, I, I think that's obviously a decision for for the powers that are, are at be in terms of you know making those tough decisions but I guess it comes down to two ways of whether you go for Noel a young hungry manager who knows that you just knows the club um, has got um, ambition points to prove um, or you go down the route of a, a manager who's who's had promotions on his CV who's been in League One and who's done that done it but I guess it's whether you want to look for that experience or you, you give Noel his chance and we all get behind Noel. You know, I'd love Noel to get it. You know, I'd love, I'd love for someone to get the job that's a Reading legend. A red, uh, I've kind of advocated for that the last few months while, I, while I've been working with Tim. Um, you know, just someone who cares about the club and someone who who knows how that club should, where the club should be. I, I, I like the idea of, I don't know, not that I don't like the idea because it, it could work, but I, I just think with the with Mikel being there, Noel being in the building, you know, Michael Gilks in there. I just think there are people in the club who can who can really push push the team on and and, and they just know it inside out. Um but look, if the, if they bring in a manager who's who's got that experience as well, you know, there's that that can obviously work. Um so yeah, it, it it's a tough it's a tough decision and that's why they get paid the big bucks to make those decisions and, and they just they know they need to get this one right because it's it is imperative, you know, to to make sure that we we've got a chance of going up this next season. Uh, and Johnny, over to you now. Yeah, hey, Joe. Like I, I, you know, you're talking about clubs that I think you've already played against. One of them, Yeovil Town, that are now yeah sixth tier. Am I right? Like you know, from being yeah. in the Championship what seven or eight years ago, and that's quite frightening. Right? I, I actually lived there for years, and watching a team like. I mean, you, you can't ever say it's not going to happen, can you? At no, of any course. Club. Um, you, like you, you've watched the team this season. What? How, how does it go so wrong? Like you were involved in one of the most successful clubs, yeah, you know, for Reading fans. Uh, you know, 2011-12. Yeah. That team spirit. What do you see? You know, obviously being, you know, watching the games. Where do you see it going wrong this season? 
the season before, you know, as a as a, a player because I. I'm a fan. I'm yeah. a fan. You're a player. You know, you, you get the game more than we do. Yeah, it's different sides of story, isn't it? I, yeah. I, obviously, be, uh, being in it and then coming out and as a fan now, I mean, it's probably the most I've watched Reading this season, I'd say. Um, obviously, with myself kind of stopping playing, so I've, I've really kind of had a chance to, to watch a lot more of the games. Um, look, the it's tough. The, obviously, the last manager... Things weren't going well. Uh, um, I think that feeling was was clear for for a little while. Um, the fans, the main thing when I've been a part of Reading and under good times, even as a youth player coming through when yeah. was a part of the, you know, the the one hundred and six, was that the fans loved that team. They 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 loved it. They loved every single player in that team, and the and the players felt that. But at the same time, the players gave them a reason to to love them. Yeah. They they gave. Hundred percent every game, you know the interaction with them off the pitch was huge. You know it was it was like every fan was your pal when you were kind of coming off the pitch or when you'd see him. There was just that kind of relationship, and I think that fed into us as as young players coming through. We knew the standards, we knew that we could see the relationship that had been bonded between the players, and we carried that on. And I think that has been lost along the way. Um, there's been so many in, so many outs. There's been there's been not really any continuity um, in the team. Um, I look at the Millwall side now, and they're obviously in the playoffs, and it's in their hands now. I, I, I went into Millwall kind of five years ago when I signed for them after I was at Bolton, and I'd say probably sixty percent of that team are still the ones playing now, um, and I think that's vital. They they've been together so long, long and it's and it's gelled, but. They've been doing well, kind of, you know, simmering along. And then this season's been their season. But that team's been together a long time. And the team spirit there is incredible. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've worked at the club the last seven months, but I still stay in touch with a lot of those players. Um, and there's just this genuine team spirit. I went When I went in, they won there. Um, they took me in straight away. Um, I knew some of the lads, but even when I wasn't playing, I, I was made to feel a part of it. And leaving the club, I still speak to them loads. And I... It was just a really good team, and I and I think when you look at it this year, you know that obviously the lads are going to get on well and and things like that. But when times are tough, you still need to put, perform and you still need to get results on the pitch. And that's where I think obviously we fought this season, and and I think a lot of it comes down to a hunger and desire to still perform at that level. And I think with the way the club has been the last years, we the summer recruitment last year, they've done so well to get yeah, a team definitely. together and we started so well, but it's hard. Like when you're in an embargo and you've got a lot of stuff, you, you can't recruit really well. You've got to make of what you can. Um, and whether some of the characters that come into the building probably weren't the right fit, but the club yeah. needed bodies. And at the time they were the ones there. So look, it, a lot of things happen during the season, but I just think that, that bond between the fans and the players wasn't there and the manager that was in charge kind of probably lost a few of the players and, and, and he lost the fans along the way. Unfortunately, you know, every, every manager is going to have their way of doing things, but it wasn't working. And, and unfortunately it, it left Noel coming in at a tough time uh, to try and steady the ship. And it, it just wasn't long enough. I, yeah. I think, I mean, no, I, you know, he's done a great 
job and what you could do in circumstances, isn't it? When when you going back well, now near enough ten years, when you know under Brian, yeah. and then you know the the regardless of the promotion season, when we came back out of the Premier League um, under Nigel, yeah. how 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 did that feel? You know that those few years because there was a lot of transition, wasn't there, in the club, yeah, owners wise. For you as a player, could you see it changing? Um, it's funny. I, was, I spoke to Brian McDermott about it the other day. Actually, just obviously we were just talking about the club in general and having a, a catch up, and we were just saying how you could feel the kind of change as we had Anton come in, and then uh, we had uh, the the Thailand owners uh, come in as well, and. And I just think we always had Sir John, like we always had him as the chairman and he was the face and he was the club. So when we were spoiled with Sir John, like I think we can all understand that and, and appreciate it now. Um, so when the owners come in, they don't have the, when new owners are loads of change, they don't have that passion that that is in at the club. So we, we felt that 100%. Uh, look, when Nigel came in, I really enjoyed my time on the jewel. I made it clear at the time I started to, I, I loved my football a lot when, when he came in. Um, but there were players that left Joby, who was massive for us. Uh, he was our leader. He, he was our, yeah. our inspiration kind of on and off the pitch. Uh, when Joby left, um, Mikel left, you know, that, that was tough. That, that was tough because they, they were our, like I say, they were our players to go to. They were our dads of the team. So yeah, you, you start seeing those characters kind of leave, and there is a change, and that's why uh, I obviously had, had terrible injuries during my last couple of years, which ended up making my decision and why I left. And even though now I, I wish I hadn't, but at the time you can only make your decisions yeah. with all the information you have at your hand at, at that moment. Um, but yeah, it, it, you, you sense change, and, and a big reason for why I left in the end was when I saw. Luke Anthony, Dan Buchanan, and Sal Sal Bibo leave. They, I when I knew they were leaving, I was like, that is, a, that is a heart. That is yeah. for me the heart of the club. Um, you know that that backroom staff changing when I knew they were going, and they were people so close to me who'd helped help me get through, you know, my injuries and my tough times. I knew the kind of writing was on the wall, um, and that again. the over the years, you've seen players come and go and so much changes behind the scenes. There just hasn't been that structure. Yeah. Kind of Mark Bowen and, and Brian Carey's come in. I think now we see that. Noel being appointed as 21's gaffer, Mikel being in the, the academy system. Changes have happened and maybe they might have been too late, but they have started. So... I look at it now and I am positive about it. I, I think we are going to be a Southampton story. We're not going to be a Yeovil or a Scunthorpe story. You've got good people still in the building. You've got players like Tommy McIntyre, Tommy Holmes, who are reading through and through. We've got that. We have got heart in there. Um, there's some other good players that are obviously staying as well. So there, there is a core for this team to kick on. It's just tough because those players are going to have people that want them. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, People are going to want to sign Tommy Mack. People are going to want to sign Tom Holmes, and that's when it becomes difficult because those players deserve to play at a higher level. So it's going to be tough to, for the club to keep them as well. Did you see Andy Carroll came out and sort of basically says he's going to do everything he can to get the team 
back where they belong, which I think is a, a real positive thing. That you're like, yeah. Whereas I, I, it's been a bit quiet from other players within the, the team. I, I'm, not, I'm not, again, I'm not slating anyone yeah. because I know everyone's struggling and, and everything else, but I, th- I thought that was a real positive statement for a guy of his experience. Yeah. Because he could quite easily yeah. stay in the championship, couldn't yeah, he? Yeah, 100%. And, like, I think I've always said every game I've seen Andy Carroll play, Apart from maybe your Tommy Max and your Tommy Holmes, who you can see careful of club, Andy Carroll stand, sticks out like a sore thumb. Um, obviously, at times too eager, unfortunately, when he got when he got the obviously the double yellow at a game, and yeah. you look back at it and you think those little things were massive. But he, I think the fans love it, like Carroll. From I I've, I think he's been brilliant. I know the team gets sucked in sometimes to play into him, and that's that's not his fault, but. I want an Andy Carroll in the building next year. I think he, I think he helps get get us promoted. Um, from the lads speaking to him and playing, he's horrible to play against. No, no championship, no Premier League player wants to play Andy Carroll, let alone League One players. So um, having him in the, come out and say that is massive. What what a great step to start with that you've got a fifty million pound player. Um, at, Obviously, at some point in his career, he's got the experience he has to to lead the charge, and I think he'll be massive. You he know, loves the club. As well. I think he'll be huge. And... He loves being at Reading for his family, for him. Yeah, well, yeah, hundred percent. I think he would have had a lot of options um, originally when he came to Reading. He came on, I'd say peanuts, uh, but we don't know how <laughs> big those peanuts are. But in terms of in terms of his his career, he 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 helped Reading out when when they needed him. Um, obviously, he deserved to get his move to West Brom, and unfortunately, it didn't work out for him. But that is Reading's game. We, we've we've got an Andy Carroll in the building who who will be massive, and also he yeah. helps bring other lads in. You know, when you when you're okay, uh, there's still going to be championship players, uh, good players that are going to want to come to Reading. It's a fact, you know. Um, but when you look around the team, you're going to want to see Andy Carroll in your dressing room. So, you know, I think I think it's a massive plus for the club. And Jem, just want to ask you, you were uh, you were at Reading as a junior from 2003 until 2007 uh, and then you stayed at Reading yeah. until 2015. And you talked about the, the types of players and needs must really, you know, yeah. um, last summer. How, how much of a difference does it make when you've got players uh, like yourself who've come through the youth ranks and you mentioned Tom McIntyre, Tom Holmes, how much of a difference does that make to things like team spirit when, you know, you by the by the time you got to 2015 and and you left Reading, you you'd been at Reading for 12 years. So how much of yeah. a difference um, does that make? And because we spoke to Noel Hunt recently, he said genuinely in the in the younger groups there are some really good players coming through, and obviously we're going to have to wait, we're going to have to be patient to see that materialise, but. Um, how much emphasis should there be on on that side of things? Not just bringing in, you know, players from the outside, but developing players in in the way that you came through into the Reading team. Yeah, I think that goes back to who, who is manager. Um, that you could you could get a manager that's, that's had promotions and League Two, League One, Championship, and they'll have a way of doing things, and they might want more experienced players in the building, but. I think that comes to the strategy of the club. Um, if you want to develop those younger players, there's no better time. Um, 
when we all got our chance, we'd just been relegated from the Premier League. Um, if we hadn't been relegated, you know, being realistic, would we have got that chance? Probably not. We probably would have gone alone again. But the club going down allowed us to go and grab our chance. Steve Koppel had to obviously trust us, but, you know, it, it was the right time for us. So there's definitely going to be those young, hungry players and, you know, the, the Kelvins have started playing recently. It's brilliant that Noel gave him the opportunity. Kamara, um, there's a couple of lads in the youth team that I know Mikel thinks highly of in, in Taylor and Harris and um, uh, yeah. is it Jay Sanger as well. I think, I think they've mentioned him as well. So, look, there, there is quality in there. Reading will always produce good players because of the structure and the people that are in the club. Um, that that's a fact. That's never going to change. And and obviously with Eamon Dolan and and the the, the standards he set, and and with the fact that well, however many have have come through over the years, you know, there's there's always going to be that in the club. Um, and with Lee Heron and then obviously Michael Dukes in there now, they know how to produce players for the first team. There are going to be players there. It's just whether that manager will give them opportunity in a null. Of course, they are going to get opportunities. He's shown that in his last few few weeks. Um, I hope the manager that does get the job does look to the youth because that is Reading, I think. That is a massive part of our history and our success. Um, so the lads need their opportunities. You can only prove how good you are by getting that chance. And we were just, we we earned our chance, but we were lucky as well at the same time. You know, it, we needed that opportunity and we got given it. So I really hope that these players get that. Uh, and when you first um, made the step up to the to the senior team, you, you had a couple of loan spells at Bournemouth and Millwall. Um, do you think that's the right way to do things? Yep. So when, a, when a young player is kind of ready for, for the first team squad, did, did that help you? Do you feel you, you got... Um, a lot of benefit from that and then it helped you when you, when you came back and eventually established yourself in the Reading team is that the right way to do things do you think? Unless you're an absolute superstar who's going into training with the first team and, and running right you're, it's very difficult to then go sh- straight in I think you get your grounding from going on these loans um, a, a recent ex- example uh from just when I recently retired, we we had a lad Harry Vaughan on loan from Oldham uh, at the non-league team I was at. Um, you know, good player. Uh, he's, he's small in stature, but technically really gifted. Um, got a move to Hull in about January time, and he's he's gone in with Liam Rossinia, and he, he's now playing week in week out. And he got that opportunity by showing he could go on loan. And fair play to him, he went to a, a, a Northern Premier side and, and showed he could put men's football. And now he's playing week in, week out in the Championship. And you look at my story was uh, seeing the likes of James Henry and Alex Pierce go on loan at 17 to Norwich and Nottingham Forest. And I was knocking on Eamon's door going, hold on a minute. <laughs> um, these two have gone on loan. Why am I not going on loan? Uh, why is Churchy not going alone? We were all asking that question and it wasn't our time. But with the help of, say, Nigel Gibbs, um, he spoke to his mate, uh, Kevin Bond at Bournemouth, who, who took me in on loan. And that, that was the start of my journey. And then Gibbo again, getting me on loan to Millwall. And I came back playing, I think, 21, 22 games of, of League One at the time. Um, and I 
I'd shown that I could do it. Um, it was it was a good experience myself. I love playing football. It's so different from 21s and football now. And I think now when you look at it as well, it's so different. Our, our time, we were playing reserves yeah. football a lot of the time. So we were playing, I remember playing Fulham and we were playing like Steve Sidwell's and obviously when he went there and, or, or sorry, when I went to Chelsea, we played Sidwell, Shevchenko, Tal Ben Haim. Um, there was, I'm trying to think, so like the, the team was ridiculous. I think Frankie DeSanto, like we were playing a first team, like, so, but reserves football's changed a lot now and they have 21s, which is kind of now the step, but you can get so sucked up and uh, sucked in and caught up in that 21s uh, football where players at that level think that's first team football. It's not. It's so far from it. It's great to get that game time. But if you're a young, hungry player, when you're 17, 18, you need to obviously have a bit of that 21s football, but you need to be showing you're good enough to go on loan. And again, you need a club that are happy to have those relationships and send you on loan. And I think... That's probably been lost the last few years. There's, there's very rarely that you see, I think, a young player at Reading now um, that's in and around the first team get good loan moves or any loan moves, really. And I think that's a, something that should happen at the club again. Someone to probably focus on those younger lads that probably aren't just quite ready for first team football, are too good for 21s football. Yeah. And I have experienced it this year myself. Playing at Radcliffe was not fun. It was it was tough. Like the yeah, of course your quality is up there, and and it, as it should be better than the majority of players. But the physicality, the the discipline, you know, going to these I, I, horrible places. No disrespect, but like parks, and it takes a certain character. It done me in the end. I was like, no, I'm done. I can't keep doing that. But for a young player, you will find out if they want to be a footballer. Do you know what I mean? You will find that out. Harry Vaughan, who went to Ratcliffe, found out he wanted to be a footballer and he's playing at Hull. Uh, Liam Kelly went on loan to Bar City when he was 17, 18. He showed he could handle it. He showed that he wanted to be a footballer and ended up playing in the championship player final for Yapstam. Uh, Alex McCarthy went on loan to Bar City. Like these like lower league clubs that people don't probably no disrespect to them again, not really know. A year later, they're playing first-team football. So you don't need clubs to kind of put their noses up at these places. And I think if you bring in someone to be a part of that process who has experience at those levels, going on loan to your maidenheads, clubs around Reading uh, would really help those young players. Um, but yeah, going back to my situation and, and Alex Pierce, Gilfie Sigurdsson went to crew. Uh, Churchy went on loan to crew I think it was I had Mill Woolmouth the list list is endless of of the loan moves we had but we went out and we did it so we 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 got our chance and it's time for those lads to step up to the plate and they need to realise there is a chance as well Yeah Johnny I'll hand back to you now Yeah um, Jim like you know there's two things I'm going to ask you about First, Eamon Dolan, because every young yeah. player that's been through has so much words about Eamon. Can yeah. you can you just say <laughs> what he meant to you and all the other lads, like Simon Church, you've had on and da 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 da. 
but like he seems such a special person. Yeah, I mean, every, every time I, I speak about Eamon, I, I get really emotional. Um, I wouldn't be a footballer if it wasn't for Eamon, I don't think. I, I would like to think I would have made it, but he 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 made me the person I am. Uh, he built a special drive and determination and a willingness in that group of players. And probably I experienced that with Eamon. I know he'd, he'd done the same for other players, but he he made... He made you feel like you had a chance. He made you feel like you were gonna gonna make it, and he gave us the tools to how make it. How does he do that, though, Jim? Sorry, um, I didn't interrupt you. How, how as as a person? Yeah, yeah. How does something like that you go like? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's loads of stories and how he he does that and the intricacies of how he did it. I don't know if too many of them would be allowed out these days. <laughs> but um, he was just I don't know. He's just special. Do you know what I mean? He was just he had his own kind of, he had his battles um, when he was obviously a player at West Ham and, and he got, um, he got cancer early on in his life. And to see how he battled through that to how he was, he uh, it's hard, you know, he, he was such a special person and he genuinely cared for you. He, yeah. he cared about how you lived. He cared about what you were doing at home. He's probably light years ahead of his time in terms of how to look after yourself. He'd, he'd call me up on a, on a Wednesday, our day off, and be like, "Where are you?" And I'd see my, I'd see my, I'd see Eamon ringing, and I was like, "Am I doing something wrong?" Here? Like, what's, what, what is it? And I'd be like in the cinema. He'd be like, "Where are you?" I'm like, "I'm the cinema." I'd be like, "Are you?" I'm like, "Yeah." He'd be like, "Okay." He 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 was uh, he was looking after us constantly, and that was on like day off. He was checking that we were all right, like making sure we we were doing the right things. Um, and he he just we wanted to make it for him as well, like. He put so much time and effort in us. And like, for example, Eamon told me when I was, was 17, I think, or, or 18, he was like, you're going to play in the Champions League one day, Jim. He just, he just, and I was like, yeah, all right, mate. Yeah. I've not even played for Reading's first team yet. He's like, you will do it. Don't worry about the process. You, it will happen. And I did it. And the first person I spoke to, I messaged Eamon after and I did it, mate. And it was just like, it was like, I told you. And it was, do you know what I mean? Like, it, it was, he could have just thrown out a guess, yeah. but he genuinely had sat me down and told me it was going to happen. It wasn't no, like, he just said it to everyone. Believed like, in Like, he, he genuinely thought that. Yeah, he believed in me. And, and like, what what better thing to have that? I could have told, I told my mum, I think, when I was 18, you know, I'm going to play a Champions League one day. And she was like, all right, you, you, <laughs> you've got to break into Reading's first team first. But, we believed him. Do you know what I mean? He in, instilled that in us. I, I love Eamon. I, he's, he's a massive part. I've still got text. I've, I've always kept the conversation on my phone with Eamon. Um, every now and again, I'll look through him, talking about Churchy when he was at Aberdeen. You know, talk, like we, we talked all the time. Uh, and he, he was massive. Any Every decision I had at Reading, uh, I asked Eamon first. And when I made decisions, when Eamon left and and... Uh, I sadly left us all. I was thinking, what would Eamon say? Even now, I think uh, Eamon would have wouldn't have done that. He would have, he would have said, Jim, we should have done. Do you know what I mean? He, he will always be with me, and I think he'll always be with that group of lads. Me, he'll always be with Reading, won't he? Because what he did, for uh, yeah, he needs. A, he should have a statue at the training ground. He should. It should, it should be. My arm it should be the Eamon Dolan training ground. Yeah, that is. Do you know what I mean? I know we've got the stand, but I. I do you know what I mean? I've always been like, no, he needs more. It, it, do you know what I mean? Is for what he done 
for the club. Shane Long, you know, what he did for Shane and, and Kevin Doyles, you know, like Eamon was such a big reason for those coming and when they were here and uh, the club have made a lot of money from Eamon and, and they continually will do. Even you look at the other lads after me, Jake Cooper, yeah. Dom Hyam, Liam Kelly, uh, I don't know, Michael Elise a bit Jack after his Stacey. time. But Stacey. Stace, Tariq yeah, Fosu. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's never ending, isn't lads it? Lads obviously still play. You look at Dom Hyam and Jake Cooper, you could arguably say they're the two best centre-halves yeah. in the league. They were they 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 came through Redham system. Um Liam Kelly got a move to final. Gilfie has gone for hundred like millions and millions of pounds. You know, everyone's been an international. The majority of them have played European football. You know, the the list is endless. Uh, Gabe Osho yeah. at Luton, another quality centre half, came through the club. It is it's actually ridiculous at like how many have gone on and still continue to do well. Gabe Domheim Coops, I've watched a lot of football this season. They're they're the best. They're up there, best three centre halves in, in the league. And I'm like, yeah. they were ready. Like, what, I remember what, the last what game you played there was like, the Derby game, wasn't it? Tariq came on, Jack Stacey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, when does that decision go, oh, they're not for us? Like, do you play alongside those lads and you go, I, I know you, yeah. football was that kind of industry where some move on, some go, and like, we're all looking at going, we let that one go, we let yeah. that one go. We let... But is that yeah, just the yeah, nature yeah. of the game? Yeah. Some players don't develop till a later stage or yeah 100 100 um coops is his primary example you know coops blossomed when he left the club um he'd probably say now he at the time he hadn't he he, he didn't he played a few games but he isn't the player he was and obviously that comes with experience and i look back i was like sure we could have just loaned him for another year or we could have just like do you know what i mean like kept hold of him somehow but I think you look at players that are in your position yeah, at that time lot, as well. Ahead of him, Do you know what I mean? Time. So, yeah. So, so for, for all those players, they probably saw their pathway like blocked, and the club at that time probably thought, "No, like I'm trying to think who who, who was centre half then. Like obviously, was it like Michael Hector's and um, after that, Morrison's, Luke, Luke Moore, uh, Liam Moore's have come in. Do you know what I mean? So it, it is tough, but. You look at a Dom Hyam now, and he's like a Rolls Royce in that Blackburn team. Same for Coop, same for Gabe Osha. He, he's he's quality at Luton. Um, players that you'd love to have at the club now. So the club will always produce players, and I'm sure there's another, you know, line of those to come through. But it, it is it is tough. It's a tough job to to know when to keep keep these lads, or you've got to let them go. You've got to let them go and blossom. Somewhere. I was going to ask one thing. I'll let Mark carry on. After. I just want to ask you about your injuries. I always yeah. remember, you know. Leeds, yeah. How how you know that whole? Obviously, I remember that when you came back, slightly medicated. <laughs> yeah, slightly. <laughs> the forest came. <laughs> um, but for you personally, because they they were horrible injuries that you had. Yeah. How does that affect you as a person, as a player? Um, and and, and that whole pro, like you know what it did for you. Yeah, I, I, it's hard, you know. Um, to this day, people still ask me how many is. It's something that's always going to uh, stick with me. Uh, at the time, I was broken, being kind of 20, 
at 23, 24. I thought I was, I know we'd just been relegated, um, playing like playing good football under Nigel Atkins. There was a couple of teams from the Premier League kind of looking at me and there was an opportunity to potentially to I was come in that first, window. Sorry, sorry, Joe, I was thinking the first one under, against Leeds. The, the, that, that, yeah, that, that was tough. against Mr. Warner. Yeah, yeah, that was tough as well, yeah. Yeah, that 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 was horrible because I missed the last the last five games, like the the, the running. I missed that. Um, but look, I, I got yeah. to experience it a, a different way of it. Like I got to experience like, oh, I, it was horrible. But I was obviously like just turned into a fan. Obviously, when you're a player, you get engulfed by just being a player, and you, obviously you support Reading, but it, it's a different, obviously a complete different feeling. The moment I did my ankle and I found that I broke my ankle. I was so desperate for us to go up, and I was I was just one of the one of the fans. Uh, it was horrible to watch, and I forgot that like, I was injured in, <laughs> really? in, in a weird way. I, I was like, like <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Of course, um, the local purple turtle didn't forget, but um, I was I was so engulfed as a fan, I forgot about my my injury, and I, I was just a fan for that last few weeks because I couldn't do anything. I was just engulfed by it all. Um, but it, yeah, it was tough. It, it, obviously, it was horrible. I missed the, the run-in. I missed that Forest game. I was obviously there at the end. Like obviously, like you said, highly medicated. But yeah, again, it, it, it was horrible. Like you, you can imagine, you play forty games a season or forty-one games a season. I broke my nose on the Friday in the West Ham game, so I missed the last twenty minutes of that with a concussion and a broken snout. And then I broke my ankle on the Monday or the Tuesday. And then I'm going in for an op on my nose and my ankle the next week. I'm like, what is like, what has happened here? See, it was horrible. I, I, and I try and relay those experiences now to lads that I speak to and I try and yeah. mentor or, or, or have conversations with. So it's helped me as a person, 100%. But I wouldn't wish that on it. Like I say I wouldn't wish that on anyone. There's a couple of people that, that done it to me. I might have wished it on. But um, no, it was tough. And obviously then going in, uh, to the Premier League season, you can ask Brian McDermott. Right? Like the, the was it mid was it Middlesbrough we had the first game Stoke uh, Stoke, Stoke. Was it Middlesbrough on, in the first, yeah sorry Stoke yeah Stoke the first the first game and I'd literally been past fit the week before so I'd, we'd been on pre season and, and I, I hadn't played any any games I hadn't done any friendlies or nothing and I got told I'm ready to go again and, and play games I was straight into Briar going. No, nah, no, nah, I've I've got to play. Like I, I've I've had the horrible last experience. I've given everything I could to get fit for the start of the season, and he told me that I weren't going to be involved. And he, I broke me. I was like, "Are you winding me up, bro?" Like a good gaffer at the time. I was like, "Come on, like what was all that for? It's the first game of the season. This is my dream. Yeah. I have to play." And he was like, "Jem, you're not playing. Like I, I'm not I'm not doing it to you for your own good." And I played, I played on the Friday night against uh, West Ham Reserves or West Ham, yeah. whatever it was. And I think I got 60 minutes and I was like, oh, he still might put me on the bench tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. And he's like, no, Jim, you're not, you're not involved. So that was hard to watch that game. But then obviously we had Chelsea in yeah. midweek and he, he pulled me and was like, you're playing against Chelsea. And I was like, oh, I guess why you did it. I get to make my debut in the Premier League against Chelsea. But you know, like, obviously now you're looking at it and that would have been ridiculous <laughs> to have played in that game, but we're just yeah, so course, desperate, yeah. do you know what I mean? And, he, and he, again, Briar's like massive part of my 
coming up through Reading again. I know we speak about Eamon a lot, but Brian was who gave me my first debut as a reserves manager. Do you know what I mean? And then I excelled and flourished under Brian McDermott. So for him to then say you're not playing, and with me and him, like we laugh about it now. We have so many laughs and chuckles about when I didn't play and why I didn't play. And I'm like, yeah, terrible decision. But he always kind of he was always looking out for me. But again, it made me the knee that I the injury I suffered with my knee was I know now it was probably the start of just the rest of my career where it was just tough. It was always it was always a a, a topic. It was always an issue with clubs I was signing for. It it scarred my C V yeah. almost. I was out for so long. Um, my Galatasaray medical lasted four days. I, I must have been in that MRI scan Jeez. for hours, constant, and I was in agony in the MRI scan. I was like, it, it was, it was crazy. Now when I look back at it, I was in tears getting an MRI scan because it was in so much pain because I couldn't move. Um, and like you know, like those things, and it was just like constant. And even when I went, when I came back from Galatasaray, I failed a medical at Wigan. Um, I'd run the life out of me on the pitch. I showed them I was fit. I showed them I was fine. And then I went in for an MRI scan. They went, your knee's not ready. And I was like, I did that three years ago. Like, when is this going to stop? Do you know what I mean? And as I went on through my career, it was just always something. And it was frustrating. It still frustrates me now. My little one comes and puts a plaster (laughs) on my knee now. He's like, is your knee all right? (laughs) Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave me alone. Jim, she did it yesterday. He's like, your knee okay? Yeah, I, I just want to ask you, obviously, you talked yeah, yeah, about some of the, the difficult times, but you were at Reading during a yeah. period where um, Reading had three seasons in the Premier League, the 106 season, then, and then you, you know, the team that, that you were involved in got up to the Premier League and you got to play against the likes of Chelsea and so on. Um, yeah. Are there... Are there any kind of personal highlights for you that might not be so obvious? Because you you can obviously talk about the promotions and they're great, but what kind of when you look back on your time at Reading, what are your fondest memories? Would you say? Um, obviously the the, the promotions were ones, but I, I I don't know just fondest memories are probably just that group of lads we had like it was you know like away 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 travel and or like getting on a bus we'd be so excited to get on the bus together and we was like all like best mates kind of going to these games that one of the funniest ones is probably when we played Doncaster away and I think it was around like Cheltenham times I think there was like the races or something and I think Jay Tab was our (laughs) tipster for 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 bits and he was like before the game, and he was like, "Right, this, this, we're not going to know the like what happens, but we're all going to back this horse or whatever." And uh, we, 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 I don't know if it was half time at Donny, and I was like, "What we, we were talking about? I wonder if that horse won." I think we were winning or whatever. And I like, we got to find out. So one of us running the dressing room made it so bad. Now he looked back, like check to see if it won, and it had won. And then we came back out, we were all buzzing. And then when we scored the goal, we all jumped on Joby's back and rode him like a horse. <laughs> and it was because. Because we do, but that was oh, you can't do it now. But that was like how good it was. Do you know what I mean? It was just like you just having a kick about your pals, but winning games at the same time. Like it was them little moments. Do you know what I mean? Like they they were they that that team that whole moment as a team was 
was unbelievable. I, I never experienced anything like it again. And it's hard to, I guess, imagine it, it would, especially now. Do you know what I mean? It's, it was crazy. Yeah. And you obviously, you talked about playing for Radcliffe and, and you, I think you officially announced your retirement in January, wasn't yeah. it? Still yeah. quite, quite recent. So how have you, you know, how's that transition been for you to, you know, being a, not a, a player anymore? Uh, and also, what are you, what are you doing now? I think you're doing some scouting, aren't you? Yeah. Um, in terms of kind of, yeah, re- retiring officially, uh, my, my wife, Laura, like she, she'd been through, through hell really the last, I said, probably since I came back from Australia. Um, cause then when I, when I come back, there was a couple of things that, that didn't work out. And then there was COVID. I didn't have football. It wasn't possible to get a team. And then I was just, I was still in it and I was still getting phone calls, still all over the world, kind of like, it was like, there was always options. Um, obviously I went to Scunthorpe, which was great. I, I, I got to keep, keep them in the league um, with Neil Cox, who I'm, I'm really close with now. But yeah, I, I hadn't played again for like another 18 months before I kind of signed for Radcliffe. And I, I, I don't know, there was like some sort of like denial that, do you know, I mean, I wouldn't accept. I'd go to watch games and think, "How am I still not got a club?" And I'm, I'm watching. No disrespect to say, I'll go watch a Reading game, for example. Fans like, "You should still be playing." I'm like, "Yeah, I should. I should still be playing. Like, I I can do that. I, I I care. I want to be out there." Um, but it kind of, kind of got to the point where I had to just, I had to just kind of put a like stamp on it and just be like, "I'm, I'm done. Let's focus on the next step." But transitioning. From playing to to not playing is difficult. It is 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 been so hard without me even knowing. Now I can see how difficult it has been. So I try to. I'm still in the process of it. It's not easy. Um, I speak to to you know, someone incredible at PFA who's helped me on on the journey as well, which was a massive step. Which my my wife was amazing for, kind of pushing me to do it. Um, and it's something that's again Brian McDermott and in his recent kind of discussions has has made me realise to to speak about it a bit more and be more open with people about it. Players that struggle, you you should speak to someone. And and again, from retiring, I've I've tried to be there for some for, for some lads. You know, even lads that are playing now or, or people I know, try and just speak to them. You know what I mean? It, it, it's not easy. So I've been doing that. Um, uh, with with a couple of players, just again, yeah, just speaking about how to help them. Um, yeah, I've been doing first team scouting for Millwall for about seven months, um, which has been, you know, good. I've been going, I've been to a ridiculous amount of games. I've watched a ridiculous amount of games on on video. Um, but again, just widening my knowledge, just kind of just learning. Being a footballer is a complete different skill to being a scout is to be in a coach, you know, I think a lot of players think you just walk into something, which I technically did in terms of, I, I, I was fortunate enough to be offered a role there, but it's so different. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's a lot of learning. I've got my, my A license uh, in, in a couple of weeks that I'm, I'm going on um, to kind of add another string to my bow. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to leave the football in, kind of that side to it and, and, and just move on to the next step of my life, which is, 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 it's not easy, but it's, it's fun. Um, and we'll kind of see what happens.
And I've got one last question for you. And then, I'll, Johnny, I'll, I'll hand over to you for, for a last question for yourself. Um, so, Jem, I, I just my final question really is, would you like to uh, be involved at Reading again in, in some capacity? Um, do you think that's a, a possibility? Is it something that, that you want to do? What, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, I think anyone that I speak to away from Reading knows I'm Reading through and through. Um, obviously, I weren't brought up around Reading, but I moved there when I was 15, 16, and the, the club has been a massive part of my life. I've been to a lot of the games this season, doing commentary, doing just going to the games to catch up with people. Look, I, I'd love to work for the club. You know, I, I've spoke to people at the club. Obviously, I guess work, retiring and then finding out I was working for Millwall. I guess a few people, I, raised, I was still raised a few eyebrows around the place. And now that happened? Why is, why is Jim not kind of working or well, working for Reading? Um, so, yeah, like I guess I, I, there has been, I guess, a couple of discussions um, in terms of potential roles at the club. But there's, the club's in a big transitioning spell at the moment I guess a little bit people don't really know what's going to happen obviously the managerial situation is still up in the air but yeah I look my I see myself working for the club um, at some point in some capacity whether that's next season whether it's tomorrow whether it's in a couple of years I've got no doubt that I'll, I'll be working for Reading at some some point um, it's just the role has to make sense uh, I'm a very ambitious uh, person, um, if I if I work for the club, I want to make change. I want to push the club forward. I want to have a voice, um, and that's how I made it as a footballer. <laughs> so that's how I'm gonna that's how I'm gonna make it outside of football in whatever role I do. So I'd love it to be at Reading. Uh, everyone around me knows it. I'd love it to be at Reading. So yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. You know, I'm my phone's always. Uh, always on and, and hoping for an opportunity. But like I say, it has to be right for me and it has to be right for the people that are, that are coming to me as well. And Johnny, I'll leave, uh, leave the last question to you. Yeah, no, I was saying, Jim, like, you know, you, you speak like so many ex-players that as fans, we want you part of the club because we believe in what you're doing. Whether it's going to happen overnight, it doesn't matter because we believe because you've got the, the, the club's interests at heart. Whereas in the last number of years, I don't think we've had that. As, you know, with the owners, it's been gambling and hoping for the best. But I'll ask you this one last question: How cool was it for you to be back with the Legends game with your mates? <laughs> uh, I had a conversation. I was with Brian Howard a couple of days ago, and he said he was off. He was his phone was going crazy about the Swindon uh, reunion match, and I was just like, "Why have we not got one of them every year?" Like. What we, like I know it was the Legends game and and what what yeah. a day what a few days I was so desperate like the build up to it I was getting my boots I was getting everything I was just buzzing to go back and meet and see everyone that you experience these great times with and I like, as soon as it finished I was in the dumps yeah. for yeah. like a couple of days we had so it was the fans. it was <laughs> it was amazing yeah yeah it was Joe you know as well I think when we were kind of organising it and we were trying to make it happen um and again like lights of claire yeah. and ron that made it happen was incredible but just having everyone come together and then realizing how much the, the players wanted to be a part of it and 
I was fortunate enough. I've been on back to Reading a lot of time, but there were some people that have been crying out for the club to get in touch for years. And that was, it was quite sad as well. Like hearing the likes of, I don't know, like in Eva who left, uh, like in a real, it was a strange when Eva left. It kind of just happened yeah. out, out of the blue. So having seen Eva again and, and that was their first time back for so long, I was like, how is that possible? Like, you are, Eva is the club. Sonko is the club. Bobby Convy, like, do you know what I mean? So our heroes are coming back. It was like, wow, we need this more. These people should should be involved more. Whether, you know, other clubs, you see like ambassadorial roles, you know, working. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the Chelsea do the it, stadium. Getting Paul Carnival's like, there. I think yeah, yeah. Know, all these guys do it. So it it's an opportunity, yeah, isn't I it, think, to make different. 100%. I think West Ham do. I will see Anton putting stuff up. At, uh, he's at West Ham. You know, I think... Yeah. There's such a opportunity for like these legends at a game to mm. come back and be at the club more, and it gives the place the place such a boost. Yeah. You have the chats with the fans, you know, word gets around. There's a few players milling about, and you bump into people. But I think that legends game kick started something at the club, and I think it made a few people realise that wow, like these lads still care about this club, mm. and God. Uh, it was a massive part of us, but that day was unbelievable. It was, and again, like, like I say, when, when we left, I was just like, Mrs. Like, are you all right? And I was like, that's it. You know what I mean? I was like, I don't know when I'm going to see them again. And it was like quiet. I'm a, as you, I'm, as you've seen over years, I'm quite an emotional person. So when I've just seen Marcus Hanneman and Bobby Convey, I've not seen for like 10 years yeah. and you have such a good time with them. You just want it again and not having, in next year, if they were like next year, you're going to see them again. I'm like, oh, buzzing. Like we've got something to look forward to, but I hope maybe it probably won't happen this year because of what's happened, but having people at the club that can like have a passion to make it a year thing in some capacity for charities or, do you know what I mean? Just to get the whole band to get back together. I think they need yeah. to do something like, you know, the, the you know, they had the, the, uh, the awards night was like a, to be honest, a bit of a disaster, you know, but I'm, I'm the yeah. support trust. You know, and it was like yeah. we always did it the last game of the season. And now it's like this elite kind of thing. I don't think that went down well. It is. Yeah, I, I remember when I was so when I was a player, we never actually had an end of season awards. Yeah, and so for the years I was there, I was always it was always like on the pitch, wasn't it? Yeah, it was always yeah. um like uh, just a, a, a thing given. I was like seeing all these other clubs do like these big award nights. I was like. Why Reading? That's that's strange. Like I don't I don't get it. And I was really pushing then to have that happen. So it's a shame that I know the last one that just happened uh, uh, on the commentary the other day. There's a few people that commented about it, but maybe they didn't know how to handle it with where the club were at and and that situation. So it's tough. And the fans, you'd like to see more fans be involved. I think they're maybe just a bit worried about how it's been. But you've got to forget that. Get, you've got to kind of forget that and still have the fans on. No yeah, they, they need to, they need to learn, don't they? Need to, le- we, we all need to learn. The learning curve, yeah, the I think. Club, yeah. The fans and listen. 100%, yeah. Well, Jim, I, I think... Yeah, Jim, I think you need to get in touch with the club and say, look, uh, you, you need to make me an ambassador. And part of that role needs to be, I'm going to organise a reunion game every summer or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you've obviously uh, watching. sound like a Reading ambassador already. To be fair, <laughs> yeah. I, tr- I try. I try. Oh, you do Maybe a great it can job, be mate. Part of my, It can be 
would be part of my role moving forward. I'd I'd like to be a bit more than that, but I'd definitely have it as one yeah. of my yeah. Uh, All right, my, parts of my role, yeah. Yeah, I just want to say thanks ever so much for for joining us. Really, really enjoyed that. Great to have you on. We we really appreciate your time. And uh, a reminder that on our next episode, our special guest is Adam Lafondra, and that episode's available from 10 a.m. on Monday. One more game to go away to Huddersfield, uh, and then that's it. And then we're in League One. But uh, yeah, for now, thank you to Jem Karachan. Been uh, great to speak to you. Cheers. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.